also just very quickly before we go to our next guest we were talking about a digital will um in the uh, the first half of the hour i wonder from you there is a thing on facebook where you can nominate somebody um in the event of your death to kind of take over your facebook account have you done it i'd be fascinated to find out from mark zuckerberg uh get him on the line uh to find out how many facebook users have done that I imagine it's a very, 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 very... Why are you laughing? Get him on the phone. I wasn't joking. A very, very, very small percentage of people who uh, who have done that. I, I find it a bit macabre. I don't want to do it. But that said, a friend, a, a former colleague of mine who passed away during COVID, um, her daughter has taken over her Facebook account. And so I still get notifications. And sometimes I find that a little bit odd. Um, but maybe that's part of her healing process. Okay, let's move on uh, at 10.43. Receiving a diagnosis of cancer is surely one of the most distressing and, and terrifying experiences that a person can face. And, and when it happens, the focus of attention naturally falls on the person with cancer, the person who's received the diagnosis. But of course, other family members, particularly partners, often suffer as much or experience um, even greater distress, the fear for your partner, um, the emotional turmoil, the increased demands, um, perhaps having to work more to finance, perhaps having to now become Become, uh, you know, the 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 sole parent or the 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 primary parent, uh, just at a time when you are needed more than ever. Well, it's an experience that my next guest has written about uh, in her book, Black Bean Noodle Day, uh, which is described as an uplifting story of hope. It's honest and a funny guide to what it really takes to navigate cancer together. The book is available on Amazon, and the author is Anne Williams. And good to have you with us this morning. Good morning. Hi, Sarah Jane. Thank you for having me. Great to be here. Absolute pleasure. And and paint a picture of what your family life was like pre your husband's diagnosis, if you would. Oh, Sarah Jane, it was it was idyllic actually. My husband was a kite surfer. He worked in the kite surfing industry. Fit, healthy, um, super energetic. Just you know, your kind of. A lovely, happy, adventurous, outdoor, bonded family life. So everything was was just yeah, just we our kids were around sort of early teens, maybe or not early thirteen and sort of sixteen, um, and very much you know needed their dad um, or, or both their parents at that time. And and when the diagnosis hit, it was just inconceivable. It was it just it seemed impossible. You know, my husband was healthy. Um, there was absolutely nothing to suggest that he could be ill. Um, yeah, so it really did turn our world upside down. Can you take us back to that day that, that you received the news? I, I can't even begin to imagine what it must be like sitting in a doctor's office or at the end of the phone and and hearing, you know, that this, yeah. this, this is the this is the diagnosis. Mm. Mm. Well, actually, it, in a way, it was quite amusing. And in fact, the, the, the book that I've written really does t talk to um, uh, the sort of more uplifting and, and 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 maybe the funnier side of what one has to deal with in a in a in which is very very real and and quite dark. So uh, what happened is that he he didn't um, have any real symptom, but started to snore, which was terribly annoying. Um, and, you know, I had a busy job and, and kids had to get to school and it just became such a nuisance that um, 
in the end, I, I, I kind of said, you know, you've just absolutely got to go and see an ENT, which he did, um, who immediately said, you know, I think I know what this is. And it turned out that he had um, cancer, a lymphoma of the post-nasal cavity, which was completely, you know, just in, it, we couldn't believe it. It, it. it made no sense. We hadn't heard of it. So um, he had to go for a biopsy. Well, he, he the, the ENT believed that was what, that's what it was. We went for the biopsy and we had to wait. And so much of the journey was about waiting. And I was at work and I got the call and I just, it, 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 I just couldn't believe it. We just thought he's perfectly healthy, yet he has cancer. Um, and, and, and from that point, um, our journey began. Talk to us about your your emotions at the time because this is yeah. this is this is your partner this is the love of your life there you are Matt but but you're also mum you've also got that hat that you've got to wear and you've also got yeah. you know your career and that hat to wear what what mm. but what in for you as Anne what was the biggest fear? My biggest fear was that I was going to be a single mom. Right. I thought he he could die um, and I'll be alone and this is not what we planned and how am I going to do this and how will I provide for the children and how will I tell the children and how will I take the children through this journey yeah. together? How will we break the news to them? Um, what are, It was really about how are we going to, how are we going to navigate this as a family? But how am I, mm. I guess, going to remain optimistic, positive, um, retain the sense of humor that we've always had in the family? How, how am I going to get them through? I felt, um, that it was, there was a lot on me and I was scared, like really, really fearful, but I knew that I, I needed to be strong and I needed to not display that and that everything I'd have to sort of cheerlead. I kind of knew right from the beginning that I would need to cheerlead this, this on. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and it made me think, you know, of that aeroplane analogy of, of putting the mask over your own um, mouth and nose before you can help others, um, which was kind of what I was living in that moment. There's but almost yeah, um, there's almost an irony to it, isn't it? That, that that when you you know when you commit your life to somebody, um, and they're your partner, that's the person that you when when the chips are down or when something happens, that's the person that you turn to. And yet when they are compromised, yes. for it to then fall on you um, is something that almost like I, I didn't sign up for this, not not equipped to deal with this. Can you talk about? how your relationship with your husband differ, uh, became different, if at all? In many ways, it, it didn't become different, but it did become um, very, very tightly bonded because of, I guess, through, through the mutual fear. Um, but we'd always had a very, um, lots of humor in our lives, lots of humor in our relationships, both very positive people. So what we did is we, we took that and we clung to it for all we were worth. Um, and we allowed that, that sort of positivity and optimism to, to propel us through what we were about to embark on. Um, we did have, we, we had moments obviously, where, you know, moments of tears and, and moments of, of expressing our fears. But we 
we sort of lent on one another to protect the the children, I think, from that. And often we would go to a forest quite close to our house and just walk and talk and sometimes cry. Um, And I think that's how how we sort of managed it, just together saying we're just going to get through this. We're doing it. If you're just tuning in this morning, Views and News with me, Sarah-Jane McQuiler-King, and we're talking to Anne Williams, who's the author of a new book called Black Bean Noodle Day, which uh, talks about uh, her experience uh, as the partner of somebody who had been diagnosed with cancer. And and what I love that you say about this book is that it includes the real-life bits that the movies don't include. Um, what what would those real-life bits be, uh, Anne? What, what ought we to know? There's just so many of them and they can be so incredibly funny a lot of the time and they can be so sort of terrifying. But I'll tell you what, the, um, the hair loss, of course, the movies do cover that. But mm. there was one point where, where we felt, felt, um, we kept saying to, to the staff, you know, how's it going to happen? You know, everybody put so much focus on the hair. Mm. What is your hair going to fall out? And, and how's it going to happen? And, and, um, it kind of didn't seem to happen like in the movies. And I remember we were in the kitchen one day and I was getting ready for work and he sort of put his hand up to his head and he was joking and saying, when is this actually going to happen? You know, it's not like the movies. Um, you know, in the movies, they just put their hand up to their head and they, and he sort of pulled out a clump of hair and it just came out clean. And right. um, we just began to laugh and laugh and laugh. And it, it was, we were so, we were hysterical really. Um, and that was the day when, when a lot changed. <laughs> um, but I think also it was the food thing and, and, um, nobody tells you about, um, the appetite loss. And, and that's why I called the book Black Bean Noodle Day because it talks to the day in the chemo cycle, which is about day or three after, after the aggressive chemo. Uh, when you've had no appetite whatsoever, suddenly you, the appetite wakes up and it kind of says, bring me everything that I couldn't eat. Um, and that they don't tell you in the movies. And you have to go hurtling around because the window is very, very small um, to get that delicious food in while the moment's there. Were you, um, oh, were gosh, you, there were so many. Anna, I wanted to ask, you know, that there might be people listening in now who are crying with laughter and and relating or or sobbing with sorrow and saying this is you know this is what we're going through now um and and understanding exactly what you're talking about right now and i want yeah. to talk a little yeah. bit about this the support factor because there's you as partner um and spouse and as i said again as as mom as still you know still having mm-hmm. to hold down a job and i'm wondering yeah. what what outside of your husband and kids what was your support and and did you have time to even realize that you needed support i probably didn't realize because i was so focused on just steering the ship but yet i had so much support it just sort of naturally formed around me i've got an incredibly supportive family um my mother was just an absolute angel just in the background moving mountains for me but I I have um and and then also had a very a very busy high-powered job and suddenly my colleagues all just kind of fell into line and people started just knowing what to do no bringing food um picking up the slack moving meetings you know things that life did have to go on children had to get to school you know school lunches had to be packed but other people 
came in a lot of the time and helped with that. And food was a big part of it because you just don't think about food when you're undergoing trauma, but but other people do, you know. So um, that kind of support just to keep day-to-day life ticking over is is incredible. People just sort of appear gently and disappear again and, and sort out um, little, you know, practicalities. Why was it important for you to write this this book, Anne? And I should just say that each each chapter of the book ends with a, a sparkler, a tip which offers practical guidance um, for for caregivers at each stage of the journey. And and you say that they're an integral part of the the cancer approach that's rooted in positivity. And you've already spoken about the perhaps the, the unexpected levity that that you you would find. Yeah, yeah. But what what did why did you want to write the book and, and has it been part of your healing as well? Yes, it, it definitely has been part of my healing. Um, and it is something that's been lurking within me. And I, there just came a time that I, I wanted to get it out. But also because I see around me a lot of, a lot of people struggling um, with similar issues. And there just isn't, I, I couldn't find anything that kind of spoke to that part of me that that helped me to just feel better. So the sparklers, uh, you know, from a caregiver perspective, so the sparklers are, are very, very important. So each chapter kind of talks to what's actually going to happen and, and how you have to wade through it. But the, the sparkler takes a negative and turns it into a positive. And it's very much about... Um, helping other people who who are going through what I went through as a care as a caregiver and a wife um, to someone with cancer to actually see the that they that there is positivity in in what feels like negative moments so these are the things that um they can be little they can be bigger they can be just actually learning to identify joy in scenarios where you wouldn't expect to find it. And those just bring about a a kind of paradigm shift. And I think, you know, it's sort of hope and happiness are kind of best friends. You know, if you have one and you have the other, um, you can, you you sort of skip along as Um, much as you can. Yeah. How can people get hold of the book, Anne? Um, the book's available on Amazon.com. It's in uh, paperback form and it's in Kindle form. Um, yeah, for now, that, that's the platform where it's available. Well, thank you. And I would, of course, um, have some of my own copies in due course. Okay, wonderful stuff. Thank you very much indeed for not only writing the book, but of course joining us this morning to talk about the book, which is called Black Bean Noodle Day. The author is 